Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location, downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had... Chinese bow. It's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right. Welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us on this Saturday morning. Uh, another awesome college football weekend. Uh, Auburn prepares for LSU, Alabama and Ole Miss, Georgia and Arkansas, Cincinnati and Notre Dame, a bunch of good games and uh, conference schedules kind of start rolling now and, and it makes and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody joining us. I'm Justin Hokinson. Um, with me, as always, on our Saturday mornings is our modcast. Normally, Jeffrey Lee is with us. Uh, he's out of town uh, with some family, so it's just going to be Cole Pinkston and I holding it down. Cole, what's up, dude? That's right, man. Hold it down this week. We'll 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 break it down for you. We, I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm really not confident in uh, who might be. The, I think they're pretty evenly matched where it sits right now. So, you know, I think this one's going to be interesting this week. Look at you sporting your Huntington shirt, man. Dude, yeah, man. Got to represent. Got to represent the. Uh, you know, where I went to school, man. Yeah, uh, nice background. I mean, you know, on three offices over there. I'm not yeah. going to get to go to the on three offices. Look at you. Yeah, well, you know, only the best go to headquarters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks sharp, dude. Um, all right, let's get into this. Appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, AuburnLive.com. If you're not a member, go to AuburnLive.com, subscribe. It's only $10, uh, and that gets you the next year. Make sure to go to our YouTube page, Auburn Live YouTube page, and subscribe and turn that notifications bell on. So when we put up new videos, you're you're notified and you can watch these videos. We're going to start putting up video forms of the podcast just like this as a show on there. So you'll be able to see our guests and, and uh, hear us talk about that. Uh, make sure you're on Twitter, Auburn Live on 3, Cole Pinkston, at Cole Pinkston. Um, I'm at Jay Hokinson. Um, and so follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Probably got 80,000 um, fans on Facebook. 
And so um, make sure you're on Facebook following Auburn Live as well. But go to auburnlive.com, subscribe. We'd love to have you as a part of the community. Um, all right, Cole, let's jump into this thing. Auburn LSU, Auburn's ranked, but that doesn't really matter. Um, LSU, you know, some people have LSU kind of in their own mock, you know, in their own personal polls ahead of Auburn. Pretty probably fairly even teams, fairly even-ish. Um, LSU's a slight favorite, so Auburn goes to Baton Rouge as the underdog. I would say these teams are probably entering this game on different trajectories. I mean, yes, LSU just beat Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State's not great, but Mississippi State, we still don't know yet, right? Like Mississippi State beat NC State, and right. NC State beats Clemson. So, and then Mississippi State turns around and loses to LSU. But Mississippi State, not a not a horrendous team by any means. I mean, they're not that. Um, right. Yeah. LSU, LSU with a good showing wins that game. Auburn, in, in the meantime, comes off uh, a Georgia State game that was just a, uh, gosh, a disaster for a half. And um, and they, they they squeak it out a week after taking Penn State to the wire. So weird two yeah. weeks for Auburn. I mean, Penn State's probably a better team than LSU. But so so these teams kind of come in. I think momentum wise, a little bit different. I think LSU comes in with some moment momentum coming home. I think Auburn comes in uh, trying to find some momentum. I think they need good things probably to happen early to get some momentum going. So. Um, Kind of start broad view. What, what's what's one or two keys that uh, you're you're looking at going into this game um, that you think are gonna are gonna play out? What do you what are you looking for maybe early to see how this thing is gonna go? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the the number one thing in this game is is stopping all the you know playmakers at receiver for LSU. So far this season, it's been a problem with Auburn secondary just getting acclimated to the new scheme, you know, uh, not not being able to cover for as long as the pass rush is not, you know, they're not getting there, so they're having to cover too long. So that's that's got – the pass rush has got to be better in order to help the secondary with a, a really good receiving core and a quarterback who's pretty hot right now in Max Johnson. He, he's not a – you know, I don't think he's – I think he's pretty even with Sean Clifford from Penn State. I think they're similar type players. Um, yeah. I think John Clifford is actually a little bit better in the pocket than Max. Max has struggled with um, pressure, blitzes, things like that. So, um, I think, you know, Auburn secondary might come together and be a little bit better this week than usual. I, they started playing more man coverage at the end of the game. Yeah, last I was about week. to ask you why. I was about to ask you why you why you think that. Well, you know, it, it really seems like Mason's going to stick with what he does. That's what we've heard. That's what we see so far. Um, but you know, when they got in the bind, they went to man coverage a little bit more. They started rolling the dice some and and played better. So, you know, it, it helped that Zacoby McLean brought some energy to the defense too, and that they were stuffing the run, and that helps a lot. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, LSU is ranked number 122 in the country in rushing offense right now. So they're not running the ball really well. They uh, they really don't try to run the ball that much. They which don't. is shocking, right? Like, I, I saw that stat, too. They're 80 yards a game rushing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like huh. Because they're just, you know, I mean, they're, they're an SEC West team, and they're, they're a team that generally has big offensive linemen and talented running backs. So you just – there's no reason for them to ever be that low running the football. Generally, they've got the talent to, to do it. That was 
that was it. Did, have you watched? I mean, what, what, what do you, is that, what, what, is it, what goes into that? Have they just not run as much or, or is that seriously a deficiency? Because I haven't seen them enough, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's the combination of, of the fact that they don't, they don't establish the run very often. Uh, they're not looking to pound on anyone. They want to go to the air first, but they also don't open up the lanes that well. Uh, they run zone offense, uh, zone run scheme, just kind of like Auburn does. And, you know, if you don't open up any lanes in that, you're not going to be successful. And if you don't have the backs that can find it, you won't be successful there either. They're they're missing uh, John Emery from last year. He was pretty good at that kind of stuff. And Ty Davis-Price is a, is the power guy. So, you know, he, he needs – he can't really go and find a lane and then make a cut. He's more of a power guy, get him in a hole and, and he'll, he's hard to tackle, you know, when he meets a linebacker or something, but that's kind of, that's what I've seen so far. They just don't, they don't try to do it that much. It's they're They're probably 70% pass 30% run in their scheme in their game plan. So, uh, but do, you know, I, and that's probably not going to change. It might even go more towards the past this week because, Auburn's run defense has been pretty good this year. So, yeah, I think I think they try to stay in the air in in the whole game. Hey, Don, you know how normally um, I'm not big on predictions, or I, I I don't like to to you know give give predictions, or I'm certainly cynical. I'm a little bit skeptical, like generally. Uh, yeah. I, I think Auburn wins on Saturday. I think they win the game. I, I'm just gonna say it. You know, I I I don't know why. I mean, I've got some reasons why. Um, and, and they might not look. I think it's a toss-up game. I think both teams have got to do a do do a, do certain things to to win. Um, I think Auburn's capable of doing those things. I think LSU's capable of doing those things. So I think it's somewhat of a a toss-up. Uh, obviously, who starts at quarterback? That that's a you know that's a factor and all that. Um, it just feels like. Um, I just feel like Auburn could come to play. Part of it is the Georgia State game. Part of me wonders uh, if they were watching LSU film for two weeks because um, it yeah. just was so. I mean, it just was so bad that like they the, the the lack of preparation for for a couple of those plays it was ridiculous. So part of me wonders if they watched a little bit more film on LSU even maybe than they should have last week or didn't pay enough attention to Georgia State. Um, part of me thinks that Auburn's going to come out and really really lean on the run probably more so than they have all year. Um, they know that's their strength, but but even against Penn State, they wanted to be balanced. And so they threw the ball a decent bit too. I mean, before that last drive, Bo still had a, about 30 passes. Um, right. It's not like he yeah. – Bo didn't really throw the ball 37 times. I mean, he, he you know, he, he had that last drive. So he, he probably threw the ball about 29, 30 times. Uh, so I think Auburn's going to lean more on their strength. Um, I think that could help uh, limit the LSU pass rush, which is their strength. Um, and, then, and then take shots when you can. I think that'll protect whoever plays quarterback for Auburn. Um, and I think LSU's de- – and I think Auburn's defense – look, I know people are kind of gnashing their teeth about Derek Mason and w- is he going to come out and run more zone. I get it. But I'm, but I'm also on the, on the side of – Let's see Mason's defense actually executed pretty well for once. You know, I mean, people are 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 are, are kind of on him about the Penn State game plan, and th- and that's fine. I kind of I kind of agree, but it also wasn't executed very well. 
I mean, if you go back in that game, yes, Clifford had too much time. But even with the too much time, what happens if they don't completely let the tight end just run run free three or four times? And think about those massive chunk plays that gets Penn State down in scoring position. Um, if you execute his defense, which is making a team work for it, you got to make them work for it. You can't you can't play that style and then give up a busted coverage. That's like worst case scenario. Um, so let's see what happens if if Mason says, all right, we're going to stick to that scheme, right? Maybe we're not going to bring three. We're going to bring four, and we'll blitz. Maybe he blitzes a hair more, but in but in general, it's similar. Uh, but what if they just execute? Nobody blows a coverage. Nobody's letting guys run wide open. If that doesn't happen, and you make LSU work, make them work. Um, that combined with if Auburn can run the football, I think would be a good recipe for, for Auburn, you know? Um, and so I just get it and then get in the game and then see what happens. You know, maybe you can get some easier opportunities in, in the air. Um, if you can, if you can uh, throw the football. So I think Auburn's going to be right there in this game. Now, all that goes out the window. If, you know, if, if, uh, if they go out there and bust another coverage and, uh, and are giving up chunks, I mean, right. Like. I'm, yeah, I'm that's, that's unacceptable. Can't yeah, that can't that, happen. But I just, I just think uh, I don't know. It's a it's, look. I'm, it's just a gut feeling. I mean, I could be completely wrong, um, but I, I think Auburn's going to be right there in the fourth quarter of this game to win it. They might even be leading in the fourth quarter and just just need to make some plays to hold on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely possible. It's in the equation that. I would never rule out Auburn in this game uh, with with the team they have currently. I, th- I think there's there's plenty of, of options. There's plenty of weapons. Um, you know, guys on defense that that have been there and made the plays and and know what they're doing. And you know, it's the new scheme is is different to them. Yeah, but at this point in the season, you got to come together and figure it out. Right. It's time. But but it all stems to me on the pass rush. I, you can play zone coverage. You can't play zone coverage if you can't get a pass rush. Sure, and yeah. they tried against Penn State, which, in my opinion, is not a great time to to be experimenting. But, hey, you know, that's past now. So they tried to rush three and just play zone coverage. They thought the pass rush was good enough. They saw the pass rush, you know, play well against um, uh, Alabama State and against Akron in the two first games. And they said, all right, well, I, we're pretty comfortable with this. Let's – Let's roll the dice and rush three and see what happens. Well, it didn't work. So now you go back to the drawing board. You gotta you gotta dial up some blitzes. And and I wrote about this too again when we when before the Penn State game and now before this game. Both of those offensive lines struggled prior to that game, to the Penn State game, prior to this game for LSU against blitzes. So why not? If you see that on film, if you see that they're struggling with that, I, why not? Why not throw some exotic blitz looks? Have a corner, you know, bring some pressure from weird places. Bring some linebackers. Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean are really good at it. So I, I think that's got to be in the game plan. I think that's important for Auburn to win. And uh, if they don't do that and stay in zone coverage too much, uh, Max Johnson and those receivers will will tear that up. That's what they want. Yeah, yeah, I like Max Johnson. Um, I think he's a. I think I think I think Brian Harson used the exact right word, which is moxie. I, I like that description of Max Johnson. He throws a good. He throws a good ball. Um, you know, if you remember last year, it, Auburn beat LSU down. But I, if I remember right, 
Max Johnson came into that game late, and I, I think he led them on their only touchdown drive very, very late in the game. Um, yeah, he did. Auburn's, Auburn's playing backups and stuff. But I like Max Johnson. I, I like what I see. I think the kid is uh, – I think you're right. you got to put pressure on him. If you don't, I think he could be really good. You could make – some of you have heard this. Anybody who's been an Auburn fan for 30 years, uh, the history Auburn has of making quarterbacks look fantastic – is really remarkable. I mean, it's not like Auburn hasn't obviously shut some quarterbacks down, but oh boy, there's there's a long history of 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 co- going into games and quarterbacks that are pretty average uh, yeah. having phenomenal games against Auburn, and you're like, what in the world? Um, and so Max Johnson's certainly capable of that if they don't uh, get a little pressure on on him, um, he, he could easily do what Clifford did. I mean, he, he's he's a good passer of the football. I'm curious if LSU runs. If their rushing attack finds any legs Saturday night, you know, it's nobody's really talking about it. Um, 80 yards a game, and that's Auburn's strength. If you weren't watching the first half of the Georgia State game, that is. Um, but yeah. give Auburn credit, as, as horrendous as the first half of Georgia State was, 215 yards rushing, I think they gave up like probably 30 yards rushing in the second half. I mean, so – they did. They did have literally a 180 turnaround. As bad as they were, they were that good in the second half. Um, so that's still Auburn's strength um, against the run, especially with Zacoby McLean and Owen Papo back. That's still their strength. So I'm, you know, I, I think that's big too. I think sometimes in these games we look at the variable, the X factor, or like, okay, but maybe sometimes, sometimes in this game it's. Hey, Auburn rush defense, you're pretty good. You better go be pretty good. You can't you, – you need to be you. Uh, you need to make sure that that's under control so that we can pressure Max Johnson or things like that. So I, I wonder if uh, – is there anything that LSU's done running the football or anything that makes you think they could get going on the ground against Auburn? Yeah, well, I mean, they have a veteran offensive line. Most of those guys have been there for a while. I'm pretty sure – that Austin Deculus guy's been there for 18 years now, but uh, I think he's like a grad grad transfer right now. If that's a thing, I think he's like in his second sure. grad year, maybe. Everything's Whatever. a thing now. Every I'm just gonna assume that everything yeah. is a thing. I mean, it's enough. Anything is possible. Yeah, it's all on the table. So, yeah, yeah he's one. He's just one of a bunch of guys who've started. Ed Ingram is another guy. Um, I can't think of the other one's name right now, but there's another guy that's been there for a while and started for a long time, two or three years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like this is – like it's not really an offensive line issue, I don't think, for LSU's rushing game. I think it's, like I was saying earlier, just lack of, lack of trying, lack of, you know, maybe – I'm not sure if there's if their scheme is a whole lot different from last year. I know they're running a lot of zone run stuff, and that's from when I watched them against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's D line just closed it up on them, and they just couldn't couldn't get anything going, which is what happened to Auburn in the first half too. Yeah, Tank Bigsby couldn't get rolling, but you know, uh, Jarquez Hunter found some spot. It, to me, Jarquez Hunter's really good in the zone run game. He's, he's got good vision. He's good at finding it. Um, so, yeah, I, you, you have to have a back that can find it. And, and to me, Todd Davis-Price is a good back. He gets mo- he gets the majority of the carries, but he's just not the guy that's going to make something out of nothing when nothing's there. So, yeah, I don't know. 
it, with all the playmakers they have at receiver, though, they, that's their that's their calling card. They're going to go to that as much as possible. I mean, that yeah, on Butte guys is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, they he have looks some like a third ends. round pick kind of guy. Butte looks like a maybe I'm way off. He looks like a he looks like a you know, maybe a second round or maybe early third round type of pick to to, to yeah. me. Like he's not. I don't think he's first round, but he's but he's but he's not past the third round. He's a good 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 player. There's, you know, there's a difference in LSU's receivers than than maybe Penn State. So, Jahan Dotson, and this could be a, this could be one of the reasons that uh, Derek Mason schemed it the way he did. Uh, Jahan Dotson is a deep threat. He's a guy that can take the top off of a defense. He does it a lot. He's done it so many times in his career. Yeah, and you know. They'll throw the short stuff to him, but they're wanting to go deep to him. With LSU's receivers, a lot of what they do is quick game stuff, slants, hitches, just short routes that their receivers make big plays off of, especially Butte. Every time he gets the ball in his hands, he's got a chance to to break a tackle, to make somebody miss, and take it. So, you know, they also have two freshman guys – you think they had Trey Palmer coming back, Dre Jenkins, guys that were good for him last year, and then they add two freshmen, that Beck guy, and then the other one is Deion Smith, and they've both caught almost ten passes apiece too. So I mean, they just reloaded at that spot. They're always going to have good skill players at LSU. You can always count on that. Yeah, and then on the other side, of course, Derek Stanley is not playing. That's big, big for Auburn. Obviously, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, you know, if, if not for him, I mean, maybe Auburn two years ago in Baton Rouge, Auburn may score a touchdown right before halftime. Uh, he makes that interception on uh, the the lob to Seth Williams down the sideline right before half. It was kind of ill-advised and Seth yeah. didn't get a good jump and Stingley made it, makes a play. Um, if Seth yeah. catches that ball and Auburn gets a touchdown somehow before half, maybe that game's different. But Stingley's not in there. So that's 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 big. They're, they're still talented. Eli Ricks is really good. Um, yes. But it just kind of shifts down. So now Eli Ricks is there. Now who's your number? Your number three is now your number two, and then and then here's where, and, then, and now your number four is your number three. So so where it factors in is to me somebody like Kobe Hudson. Uh, he already has made a living in the slot, um, and and now you know LSU's down a corner. So maybe that puts somebody else in the mix there that that Auburn could hit a play on, um, whether it's Kobe Hudson or who or whoever else. Look, what should we make of of the Auburn wideouts in this game? Um, Obviously, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, the I have this week on the podcast about about the the, the change in coaching there from Cornelius Williams to Eric Keesaw. Uh, we know the receivers have dropped too many passes. They've dropped nine passes in four games, so you can't you can't go into a game knowing you're going to drop at least two. That that yeah. can't happen as an average. Um, you know, we saw Elijah Canyon catch a ball late in the Georgia State game. Um, you know, Shed had that catch. We're waiting on Xavion Capers to do something. He's too talented to not do something at some point. Um, what do you make of the the receivers in this game? Do they have an opportunity to shine? Uh, is this a pretty good secondary even without Stingley? Um, you know, and then we talked about running the football. So if, if Auburn's going to run the football, if that's kind of their game plan or what, what we think maybe they will is be run heavy, you know, does that limit things for the wideouts? Like, what do you expect from the wideouts? Are there opportunities for big plays? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, anytime you can run the football, you're going to have opportunities in the passing game. 
especially the play action game, which really to me has disappeared. I don't know what happened to the play action game that we saw in the first couple of games and didn't see it much against Penn State. It wasn't really in the scheme. And and, the, and I'm talking about more of the – instead of just the jab to the running back and the shotgun, I'm talking more of the long, drawn-out, you know, play action passes. Maybe they're just not comfortable with that against better pass rushes. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a protection thing? Is that a that, that you better is. really trust your line? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it is. And, and, and even when they did them in the first couple of games, they had Luke Deal stay in and, and protect. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have two routes running on these plays. You want to have multiple options for your quarterback, especially with him, you know, with Bo Nick struggling with uh, TJ Finley coming in and, and sort of coming in cold in a way. Um, yeah. LSU's secondary is always going to be talented. They're always going to have four- and five-star guys out there. I think they do, even without Stingley. Um, I know the next guy after Ricks is probably former Auburn commit Cordell Flott. I think he had a pick against Mississippi State. But, yeah, I mean, I, they're pretty young in the secondary, so maybe this is maybe this is where Auburn's receivers find some, you know, some traction and, and start to make some plays. If they can get it in Kobe Hudson's hands, he's pretty good after the catch. Um, not really, nobody's really been, it seems like everybody at Auburn right now is a possession receiver and they need somebody to be able to make a play. Well, that Uh, would be Demetrius Robertson potentially, but he's, yes, something's going on with him. I mean, Bo, Bo should have hit him probably twice against Penn State. He's the one guy that's got speed, uh, to make a big play. You're right. Everybody else's, I would say everybody else's possession. And I would agree the one guy that, that pushes the limit of that. That, I, that I've been saying for a couple of days now is Javaris Johnson. He's healthy now. He's back and he's healthy. He has to be in the game plan more. He is another guy that I think um, is on the line of possession, but but has but can be a game breaker. Um, just because right. the only reason I think he's possession is kind of how they use him. Um, but he has game breaking ability, and he's a guy now that he's 100. percent He needs to get the ball. He's tough to guard. He's going to be in the middle of the field. Most of the time, he's never going to be outside uh, in Auburn's offense. He's going to be in the middle of the field, matchups. And you're talking about explosive plays. You want plays to get you 10-plus yards. You've got to find him. You've got to find him across the middle of the field, drag routes uh, yep. or, little squirrel, or little squirrel routes. I mean, I, I just, I just, I'm just big on him the last, few, the last few days going to this game now that he's 100%. He's got to start, he's got to start getting the ball. I mean, he, he has to. Well, you notice you notice in the second half of the game last week when things were pretty dire, they start throwing deep balls to him. He, he had two deep balls that could have been – well, the first one could have been a touchdown if it was on the money because he was by himself coming down the middle of the field. He was overthrown. Second one was in the end zone by Finley, and it was close. I mean, it was close. Yeah. It was almost – I think the problem with that throw was that it drifted the wrong way 
if it had drifted yeah. into his left shoulder, I think he's gonna he makes that catch. So you know, it's it's the little things like that. But but Javaris Johnson is is the guy they they want to go to him on those kind of things. I mean, when Demetrius Robertson was out, that's the guy. That's your deep ball guy. So, and uh, man, is Auburn going to complete a deep ball this year? I, they have not. I don't think they have at all. I, I don't. I can't remember a time that they've completed a deep ball this year. Has it happened? Um, I mean, I could find out pretty quick. I mean, it's maybe uh, okay. off the top the of first my head. Game. I mean. The first game, you know, Javaris Johnson's wide open on the play action. Yeah, yeah, wide open on some on some action, like like a Gus Malzahn play. But but yeah. no, your point <laughs> is the fact that we have to think about it that hard through four games. No, they're not connecting on that. I mean, the deep ball accuracy is horrendous, just like it has been. Because let's be yep. real, Bo isn't an accurate thrower anyway, and he's dang sure not an accurate thrower uh, deep down the sideline for sure. Maybe down the middle he's a tad better, but deep down the sideline, Bo Nix does not have that accuracy. It's it's. You probably gotta, even if Demetrius. I mean, you saw. I mean, Demetrius Robinson beats this guy twice, and it was over two. So um, Finley, Finley had an opportunity too. Missed, missed somebody deep, and then he missed Kobe Hudson down there on that third down. Before the fourth down, yep. he should have been a touchdown on third down. So yep. I don't think, from an accuracy standpoint, I'm not sure Finley is a lot better than Nick's. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll, we'll find out. But you're right, the deep ball you got to connect at some point. I mean, hit Shanker on a. Let me get Shanker on a on a seam route or something, you know, like like Finley did, which is a great catch by John Samuels. Like phenomenal catch. The way he got his hands under the football and then tucked it and it never touched the ground. That was a thing of beauty. Let me just tell you. Um yeah, really I, one I of the better him, catches. I gave him a new nickname in the real time analysis last week. What's Soft that? hand Shanker. Soft hand it's a good nickname. It's a good nickname. That catch is great call by the refs. Man, perfect catch. Even perfect catch. even before this year, the dude has made some big catches. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't remember them because they weren't significant, but I mean he's got yeah, good hands. He does have good hands. Well, and then think about Tyler Fromm down the middle of Penn State that had an opportunity if the ball's better thrown, has an opportunity there. So maybe yeah. they can sneak somebody down the middle um and, and go back to that. Go back to that seam route with a tight end or something like that, or Javaris. I mean, they can go back to that um, over the middle and hit hit something against LSU. Um, well, that's the good news, right? The good news yeah. is there have been plays that have been schemed up that are there. I mean, if you just execute the play, the fixable things, right? They they've had Tyler Fromm open down the seam. They've had Javaris Johnson run down the seam. Demetrius Robertson was open plenty of times in the Penn State game and was missed. Yeah. yeah. The scheme is is there. So as far as play calling goes, it's like it's flipped, right? The play calling's a little bit better, but the execution's worse. And to say that's not expected would be you you want it to be better by this game, but you know with the full with the full scheme change with the full program change, it's unfortunate, but it's taken longer than you want it to. You know, at this point, hopefully by this week they start to gel a little bit and figure that out but that's going to be what that's going to think the thing to watch there you know that's my only worry that's my that's the only reason i wouldn't pick auburn is because there's just been too much you know the receiver change i don't even that doesn't that doesn't mean a lot to me like if 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 all things being equal excuse me uh i don't think that's going to be a big deal um, and that's not, you know, it's not necessarily a slight on Cornelius. It's more just the fact that 
Keysaw knows that offense and knows what Brian Harson wants and, and already was helping with the receivers. And so I, I don't, I don't see that being an issue um, at all. I, I think the yeah. issue is it, okay, who's playing quarterback? How do you adjust play calling for that quarterback? And does that impact uh, finding your identity? That, that's what we don't know. Like if Finley comes in and starts and plays the whole game, let's say, um, now you're going to have to find – basically you're going to have to find your identity in the middle of – like while playing an SEC football game on the road. That's hard to do. Yes, it um, is. And so that's the only – that's one of the biggest reasons that I would go against Auburn is is just because if, if Finley's the guy – and guess what? If Finley starts and Nix then ends up coming in, well, then that's not good either. Uh, somebody asked on Twitter, somebody asked, because Brian Harson has a history of rotating quarterbacks. He's done it before. Um, yeah. Somebody asked if, if he would do that. And I said, well, he's done it before, but this wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. Th- these two guys are, are, are too similar. I, I don't see the benefits of, of – um, it's not like you've got Finley and, like, Emory Jones that, that you could, like, run, run – actually run zone read. It's – they're too similar in what they do. A rotating guys wouldn't. You know, let's say Finley's playing and you bring in Knicks. If Finley's playing okay and you, well, why would you do that? I mean, you're, there's just there's nothing to gain. I don't think from that. Um, and so I, I don't know that these two guys are the guys that you're going to see a, a quarterback rotation from. I don't know who that benefits at all. I don't think you're gaining anything. It's not like a change up. One of them's not a change up over the other one. I mean, you know, do you not agree? Yeah, yeah, I think. I think the issues they're having are both the same. You know, they, they're they the mechanics the of them. Are, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> you know, though, I I studied Nick's more this week. Uh, I study him every week, but I studied him more. Just, I, I really want to get down to the bottom of it. And you know, there are some protection issues that that can't be ignored. I I actually think that Nick's is trying to take the teaching. I do. I don't think he's just hard-headed. I think he's actually taking – he's doing things differently than I've seen him do it before. A lot of times he doesn't step into his throws because he's not comfortable in the pocket, but he's staying in the pocket. He's not freaking out like he used to. It, it just looks like he's trying to take the coaching and he's trying to do things differently, but it's just – it's almost like he started over from square one and he's trying to get the mechanics down again, and that's what it looks like to me, as frustrating as that is. It's got to be frustrating for him too, but that's the that's the way it looks to me right now. I would agree with that. I would agree. I would agree with that assessment. I, I think. I mean, you look at that Acker game, and there's things he did that you. I mean, we all came out of that game saying, "All right, it's Acker, and we get it." But, um, but he did some good things. He looked looked a little bit calmer. We we thought that there was a, a noticeable difference. Um, but then that all kind of went. But even Penn State, even Penn State, I thought was maybe his best. Certainly, his best road game of his career. Sure, um, it wasn't wasn't awesome, but but I thought he made some good throws. If his receivers would have caught a few balls, he probably lost fifty yards in 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 uh, in in, uh, in 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 field position um, from from receivers dropping passes. So I, I think that uh, I, I think I still you only have to go back two games. Um, the Georgia State game though was just it was just so bad. Um, across the board on offense. So I agree with you. I think he's trying to take the coaching. Um, but but by doing that, it is. It's like starting all over again. But there's something 
synapses wise with Bo Nix that is just, it just does not allow him to settle down and, um, and be a pocket quarterback. It just, he just wants to wing it too often and he wants to scramble and, and he just, he just, I think that's like in his DNA. It looks like he's even at times, sometimes he's fighting it and he'll have moments where he looks good. And then he'll have moments where he tries to revert back. And so unfortunately you would have liked, cause he did that in high school. And so what you needed, you needed somebody like Mike Bobo his freshman year. You didn't need somebody. We all thought coming in, he was a perfect fit for Gus Malzahn. And I think maybe on the surface he was. But then we remembered that Gus Malzahn doesn't actually develop quarterbacks at all. They just kind of are what they are. If they're good, then they're going to be good. And if they're bad, they're going to be bad. I mean, I yeah, would say Jarrett, yeah. Jarrett, Jarrett Stidham's not in the NFL because of Gus Malzahn. Jarrett Stidham was one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the country. Um, yeah. And nobody else – I mean, Sean White, Jeremy Johnson, like you can go down the list. Like everybody else just kind of was what they were. Um, Bo Nix needed Mike Bobo his freshman year. He needed, he needed two years to – break habits and instead he got two years of affirming habits and yeah. okay well, you, you work on your work on your feet a little bit but you know it just clearly wasn't really harped on it because there was just no change so you got two years of just kind of um i don't think anybody really pounding him about stay in the pocket be a pocket guy you know um and so i don't know i think that's another fascinating element that we're not talking about a lot is what will Bo Nix look like if he comes off the sideline? No idea. We're, we're probably going to find out whether it's LSU or whatever. We're probably going to find out that answer, I, I, I think. I mean, unless Finley comes up, just just takes off. If Finley comes in, wins the game, he's, then he's the guy. Um, but it, you know, but it wouldn't shock me if Nix gets in this game at some point. But I, you know, what's Bo Nix look like off the bench? We don't know. You don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, look. I mean. Finley's got the he's got the arm talent to really take over a game if the play calls are 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 good. Meaning if if the scheme opens up some plays for him, he he could connect on some deep balls better than Bo might be able to. He could you know he can beam it over the middle when somebody's open. Yeah. He's just got better arm talent to me, and he's better in the pocket. He orchestrates things better. You know, but he does. The problem with him is he puts too much heat on the ball sometimes. And <laughs> well, look, I mean, he's he's got a strong he arm. Great. Oh, it's a natural man. He's just it's just it. it I was telling yes. people on the board watching him at the when we go out and watch ball camp those little open sessions. Man, it's effortless. He just oh yeah, he flicks the ball and it's a pretty pass, man. It really is. Yeah, it always is. But you know, you have to have touch on the ball because yeah. if you have to know when to put heat on it. You have to know when to take some off. You got to know when to lob it. Uh, I think last week there was a touchdown that he missed to Capers too. Capers was in the middle of the field on a post. He had the, he had man coverage. He got off of it in the middle of the field and it was just too far out in front of him because he put too much heat on it. You want to, you yeah. want to put air under that ball so he can run under it into the end zone. But you know, there's going to be issues with either one of them. I, you just have to decide you know, if the way you're going to call the game, who fits that better? Because honestly, if you were to take Bo and run him more, if you were to run some more some more options where he's able to read it and maybe some RPO stuff, mix that in, he's going to excel better at that, obviously. Yeah. Than T, but he's going to excel better overall with that kind of offense because 
you have two different kind of guys, right? You have game manager types and then you have playmaker types. And Bo is in the playmaker category. He can make plays on the run. He's good when he's on the move, throwing the football sometimes, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think that they've got to be sort of – they have to decide what what kind of scheme they want to run when they have what you know which specific guy they have in the game at that time. So, yeah, I think that's a big deal too. You know, how yeah. do they do that? Yeah, you're no, you're right. I mean, Bo, Bo should be running. He should be running more than he is. He should be running more RPOs. He should be running more zone reads. People should have to respect his ability to run more. That just has never happened. Even with Gus, when you thought it could have, it, it didn't really. Uh, yeah. you know, I, it, they never really gave him an opportunity to make teams worry about that. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. All right, what's your uh, what's your feeling? What's your what's your prediction when it all comes down to it? What do you think happens on Saturday night? I think, um, well, I'm just not overly confident about this one. I'll just be completely honest. Uh, I, I, you know, Auburn hadn't won in Death Valley since 1999, whatever that's out there. But just just the week Auburn's had, just the things that have been going on, you know, having to having to make a change in the coaching staff, I don't know. I, I, I think there's so many opportunities for Auburn to win the game. I think they have, a, you know, a more maybe a more complete team than LSU at this point. But LSU and Death Valley real late at night, uh, you know, with all the weapons they have on offense and the struggles Auburn's had on defense. I think it's a close one, but I think LSU might win this one maybe 38 to oh. – 32. I'll go high scoring. Woo! <laughs> I'll be surprised if, if, if LSU puts up 38 points. That will surprise me. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bad defense. I mean, that's that's problems. Well, I'm never I mean, right on predictions. It's a team that can't run. I'm always wrong on predictions anyway if it makes anybody feel better. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> don't take – Cole's not giving out gambling advice. Uh, no, don't. No. That's for dang sure. That would surprise me. I mean, for a team that can't – I say can't – for a team that hasn't shown the ability to, to, to be a juggernaut running the football, uh, if they push 40, then you got a real problem. I mean, LSU hasn't run the ball extremely well. Auburn's front four, throw in Zacoby and Owen, there's no reason Auburn shouldn't be able to control their running game. If that becomes a problem – then, then no, Auburn will not win this game. If if that becomes a problem, LSU if LSU actually runs the ball successfully, um, then it it could be a it could be a bad night. I'm assuming Auburn can, is going to kind of corral that to some degree, um, and we're going to be focused on how they do to, to defend the pass. I, I think you're. I mean, and it, but look, if Auburn scored 32, that would kind of surprise me too. I feel like if Auburn's going to win this game, it's going to be 27-24. Somebody asked on the on the on the corner at AuburnLive.com. They asked if LSU scores twenty four, can Auburn win? I said, yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, I don't think it's like Penn State. Penn State was a better defense, and I thought if it got up to you know kind of where it was, basically Auburn's going to be twenty, twenty three, twenty four. If it gets up to twenty eight, I, I you know I'm not sure. I think yeah. I think Auburn could win this game. I think I think LSU could score twenty four, and Auburn could could, could score twenty eight, something like that. I think. Um, I think if Auburn's going to win, it's going to be, you know, 20, 27 to 20, 27 to 24, something like that. Probably throw a few field goals in there because 
the red zone's not been great for Auburn. Maybe they need to hit a few plays from 35 out. I don't know. Um, they got to fix that. Red zone's been terrible. Um, you know, we'll see. If, can they force turnovers? That's the other thing about playing the style of defense is, you know, where's your aggression? Where's your ability to intercept the pass and things like that? If Marquise Burks is forcing a fumble, uh, where are your turnovers? Um, I don't know, man. I just have a sneaky feeling that um, Auburn figured things out on defense in the second half against Georgia State. So it's not like they're coming off of just – they're coming off a crappy first half, but, but they dominated the second half. They did what they were supposed to do. Offense was still an issue in the second half, but Finley did what he did his job and they scored touchdowns. So I think Auburn – and the other thing is, like you said, they haven't won in Baton Rouge in a long time, and they know that. It's been mentioned to the players. It's been mentioned to the coaches. They're cranking it up in the stadium decibel level. We, we, we saw some video where they're playing LSU band in there at 90 decibels. and uh, They've already played in the whiteout. So by no means are they going in there and going to be like, whoa. I mean, it, it, just, it won't be the same environment. Uh, Penn, yeah. State's, uh, Penn State Stadium is bigger. Um, and, you know, and the other thing is what, what does the COVID – you got to remember LSU, you have to be vaccinated or you have to have a negative test. Right. And in their right. last home game uh, a couple weeks ago, their last home game was probably 85,000 fans. Now, this is SEC. It's Auburn. It's Saturday night. But I'm, I don't, you know, it's not going to be as many people as Penn State. So I don't, I don't think the crowd, um, I don't think the crowd is, is, is some reason that I would pick LSU, especially if TJ Finley starts. He's played in there. He's not going to be – he's played in the stadium. He's played in front of those fans. It doesn't matter if he's wearing an Auburn jersey now or an LSU jersey. I don't right. think that matters to him. In fact, I think he'd be more motivated to go out there and and, uh, and show out. If anything, the only thing that worries me if Finley's the quarterback are his nerves because of the moment of I'm, I'm against my former team. It's my first start. Like there's a lot of things that could be going into your emotions early on, but then I think he'll settle down. And I really like – Look, I hope TJ Finley starts. I'm just gonna say it. Um, I think he's earned yeah. the right. We know what we're going. We know what we're getting with Bo Nix. Uh, so I want to see TJ Finley start. I want to see what he's capable of. You brought him here. Let's see what you got. Um, yeah. Because I do like uh, what I saw from TJ in that in that Georgia State game. He made a couple of plays that were pressure filled and in the moment, and he made a good play. And I I like what he said after the game. I like his. I like what he's the words he said. I think he's got his head on straight. Uh, I just—he's—he really impressed me. Um, yeah. Just in a short period of time, I think the kid is a leader. I do. I think the kid's a leader, and I—I I think right now Bo's probably wondering a little bit, kind of, kind of, kind of lost a little bit on what's going on, and so I—I'd go with Finley and see what happens. And I just—I don't know. It makes no sense to pick Auburn to win this game. Finley's <laughs> going to start. Auburn's going to go in there and, and win. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I just. If they don't win, I'm just, I just, but I just think they're gonna be right there. I just, I, I think it's, I just have a sneaky feeling that Auburn could pull this thing out. I like a yeah. I could, I could get on board with that. I'll, I'll add this too. Uh, obviously, this game is one of the most important games of the year every year for Auburn and LSU. But for Auburn, I, I think this one has gotten over the past couple of weeks. This one has has just gotten huge. I mean, this is a it's always a must win. I'm not saying that, but I think it's even more so with the emergence of Ole Miss and Arkansas, who are also on the schedule. And you also have Georgia and Bama. 
a win here is, I mean, it is so huge. Moving it's basically forward. a must win. I mean, people are talking about it, and really it is for LSU too. LSU yeah. is, they're, yeah. they're in the same boat Auburn is. They still got Arkansas and Ole Miss and Alabama and A&M. They're in the same division. They have the yep. same uh, type of schedule that, that Auburn does. And so it's it's a massive game for both teams uh, yeah. if they want to have remotely a successful season. I, I hate must win, but as we sit right now, it's hard to imagine Auburn losing this game and then – Going to Fayetteville and winning, they're not you – know, Georgia and Alabama, look, those are going to be long shots. They're going to be two touchdown-plus underdogs. Yeah. A&M, Auburn can compete with A&M, but it's, on the, but it's on the road. The one game they get at home that they could win is Ole Miss, but Ole Miss scores so many points that you yeah. – I'd rather, I'd rather Arkansas be at home. Yeah. So it's just I hate must-wins because week to week you never know, but, but – uh, if they want to have a chance to go eight and four, they can't lose this game. Like if they lose this game, now they're staring. Now they're staring seven and five, absolutely in the face, and and potentially six and six. They they'd have yeah. to beat somebody probably that they're an underdog against to go seven and five. So it's people wanted that eight and four mark, and maybe maybe that was unrealistic. Maybe the way it's going to shake out, we're going to look back and go, well, maybe we maybe the eight and four was a little much. I mean, I mean, you know, for whatever reason. But people kind of thought that eight and four number, that's what they had in their head is what this team could do. Well, if they don't win Saturday, eight and four is not happening. Yep, I agree with that. The pressure is definitely on. I mean, that's that's why uh that's why people love Auburn, right? Every game's interesting. <laughs> Jeez, man. I joked with we had Barrett Salee on the other day and I brought him on. I'm like, well, hey man, good to have you on. Not much going on in Auburn. Um, pretty quiet. You know, no drama. Yeah. Uh, nothing like that. It's pretty chill as <laughs> Auburn as Auburn does. Oh, it's never dull, man. Um, all right, real quick before we get out of here, Bama, Bama Ole Miss. Um, I think Bama wins. That's what Ole Miss has gotten all the hype. Part of me wonders if Bama's defense doesn't come in there and 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 play a damn good football game and, and they beat Ole Miss by two touchdowns. Yeah, this is this is when they play their best games. After <laughs> when you think that there's going to be a chance for the other team to take them, that's when they have their best games usually. So give me Bama by two touchdowns. I, I just don't. I don't see Ole Miss beating them. I don't see their defense stopping them. I think they'll score on them. I don't think they'll stop. Them. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun, entertaining game. Um, it won't be like I mean, last year was sixty-three to forty-eight. Yeah, um, yeah it can't, just it can't be like insane. It won't be like that. Um, we're still to this day, it's one of the most remarkable stats that Alabama gained every possible yard except for about 40 in that game. I mean, Ole Miss literally, Ole Miss literally, I mean, they stopped Alabama from getting 40 yards. Every other possible yard Alabama could have gotten in that game they got was 700 something. Well, okay, to go, to go with that then. So Ole Miss's defense was that bad last year. At least in that game, which yeah. I mean, they weren't great all season, but you know, they are slightly better this year. I'm not going to say they're leaps and bounds better, but they are better. And then I'm not sure Alabama's offense is what it was last year either, quite oh, it's yet. Not. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, look, there's an opportunity. There's definitely an opportunity for Ole Miss to win that game. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Alabama. 
38, Ole Miss 27. You know, something like that, 38-24. Yeah. I think Alabama's defense will rise to the occasion here. Um, it's yeah. rarely that Nick Saban actually gets to motivate. Well, I say rarely. They're in the playoff every year. Uh, I should say regular season that he gets a chance to really motivate his team, like, legitimately. He's not – He's not making it up like rat poison. He's like, no, no, for real. Everybody's picking Ole Miss, guys. Everybody thinks that they're the darling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's rare, rarely in the regular season lately do you get to go into an Alabama game thinking, oh, maybe, maybe. Um, and so yeah. I think Alabama's Arkansas, Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia's in pretty good shape there. I mean, at some point, KJ Jefferson and their ability to pass is going to get exposed. Hit a, hit a big play against AM, but they're not. Traylon Burke's a great player, but I mean, they're not. That's not a – if you shut down their run, I mean, against a good defense, I don't think um, – against somebody like Georgia that can that can hold strong against the run of Arkansas, yeah. I, I think they're going to make K.J. Jefferson look real real average in that game. That's probably another game that – I think both those games are hyped, and I think both of them could end up being, you know, 10-plus margins. You know, if I'm, if I'm picking one of those two games to be the more entertaining game, uh, well, I say that. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in the Alabama Ole Miss game, but I think the the closer game is going to be Georgia and Arkansas because I just I'm a big believer in momentum, and they've got serious momentum right now. They've got a good defense. Their defense flies around. Honestly, their defense is just from the look of things, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Texas is really really bad on offense. Maybe Texas A&M is really, really bad on offense, but which I don't think they are because they got plenty of guys that can play. Their quarterback is new, but other than that, uh, I just like I like the way Arkansas is playing right now. I, I think they're going to have a chance to take down the Giant in that one. I really do. Yeah, that's possible. Um, you're right. I mean, I think the Arkansas defense is probably the X factor. They got to play the way they've been playing. They got to keep that game. In uh, in check to some degree yeah. to allow Arkansas because Arkansas is not. I just don't see Arkansas scoring a lot of points. I mean, if I mean, I, yeah. I think that I think I think the most points Arkansas scores is I don't know less turnovers. But th- that that game is going to have to be no more than twenty eight for Georgia. I just Arkansas's good defense got to play fantastic uh, yeah. to to win that game. Uh, Kentucky Florida um, interesting game. Kentucky's hyped up. Will Levis eh, kind of falling off a little bit. Uh, but, man, Kentucky's pumped about that game. Uh, quick pick. Kentucky quietly quietly building something. I mean, they've been building something for a while. They they quietly have a really good team this year. Florida's front's really good. They look good against Bama. Uh, they're, to me, they could be a hot and cold team. I, I, it's Florida in a close one, but I, I think Kentucky's is pretty good right there yeah. with Arkansas with the momentum, you know. I would say Florida in a close one as well. And then, of course, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, another big national game um, that, that we'll be keeping our eyes on. Cincinnati, if they could pull that game out against Notre Dame, um, they're they're absolutely in the hunt for a playoff for, for a playoff spot. I mean, with the way everybody – Clemson down a little bit, what if Alabama up, gets upset? Uh, the door could be creaking open uh, for somebody like Cincinnati if they yep. can win that game to maybe go into the sixth spot or maybe the five spot and just kind of hover. Um, and so we'll – We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, let's end on that. Auburn LSU, 8 p.m. ESPN, Saturday night, Death Valley. 
uh, on and on and on. We get it. Um, Auburn with a chance to win two in a row in this series for the first time since 99 and 2000. Uh, they won that game in Baton Rouge in 99. They turned around and they won again in 2000. They have not won two in a row yet. Part of that's because they haven't won in Baton Rouge. So every time they've won at home, <laughs> they've lost the next year. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see if they can uh, we'll see if they can turn it around. Last year was the was the worst beatdown Auburn's ever laid on LSU. Um, so we'll see if they can follow that up and, and, and break this streak. AuburnLive.com full coverage of the game. Uh, on Sunday morning, you'll have it. I would imagine people aren't going to be hanging out at 11:30 or 12 uh, Saturday night, wanting to read stories. Um, I think at least the hosts. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, true. If Auburn wins, uh, yeah, maybe so. Um, but uh, well, full coverage. AuburnLive.com quotes. Um, as always, Cole will bring you on Sunday uh, five answers um, to his questions going into the game. He had some big questions. We'll see if Auburn can answer them or how they'll answer them. I can answer them one way or another. Um, yep. And so we'll we'll see what happens there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. For Cole, I'm Justin. Everybody have a good Saturday. Get ready for the big game tonight. AuburnLive.com. We'll see you.